This week on MXPB, the leak to end all leaks is revealed. Plus, fun facts galore about a classic game in history. Stay tuned, MXPB starts now. Hello and welcome to the Morning XP Boost. We're your hosts, Tox and Glitch, and we're here to give you the experience points you need to level up and get through your week. Glitch, what's up? Oh, Tox, it's storming. And I, not it's, deep inside uh-oh. of me, but outside, you know? Uh-oh. Yeah, baby. Want to play some games. <laughs> Are you going to uh, get a get a lightning strike and uh, you have your microphones secured? <sighs> Hold on oh, to your hats. That's a sore subject, Tox. That's a sore <laughs> subject. <laughs> okay. Those, well, those uh, lightning strikes cost a lot of money if they're close by your house. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, fingers crossed for, uh, I'm sure that the clouds will part for the recording of Morning XP Boost, uh, because nature knows, well, uh, you know, that video games are important and it's important that we talk about them for and about one hour. And storms want to level up too, you know. Storms want to level up too, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think we're officially a uh, get through your week podcast now. We've sort of shifted our recording days to the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, everybody hates Mondays, am I right? Yeah, yeah. Unless okay. Monday's your Friday, which it's my Friday, so ah. Uh, yeah immediately disprove it well you <laughs> get the idea the, yeah, idea, the idea of monday. my monday my <laughs> yeah. monday uh, does yeah. that have to be on the mo- so what yeah. are you playing glitch <laughs> i am uh so skyrim 10th anniversary went on sale for oh. around 20 dollars. i can't remember exactly what it was i think it was 20 and skyrim i think i've said it before is my favorite game of all time it is yeah. Glitch's number one Uno Primo favorite game. And um so I've jumped back into to that and the anniversary edition is the special edition which is uh an upgraded edition for current gen systems and then the anniversary edition adds a lot of content. They've added pets, they've added fishing, they've added oh. some more necromancy type stuff. And mm. having an absolute ball playing. Aww. Oh, they also added a survival mode, which is oh. pretty wild. So you can play the game kind of differently than um, than what you would typically play it. So I haven't tried that yet. I'm having too much fun as a vampire. Wow, that's yeah. a that's a lot of stuff for a game that is what thirteen. Now- Years 11, 11, 11, 11 years old this year. Yeah. The 10th anniversary edition only came out last year, so it's still pretty new. Um, but if you're a Skyrim fan, if it goes on, I mean, even honestly, it's worth whatever it, is, it costs. Go yeah. buy it and play it because it's awesome. It adds a lot. That's really cool. And so, uh, I mean, it being your favorite game, you've played it a lot already, uh, and yet you still find there's more that intrigues you to play in this anniversary edition or are you oh, yeah. mostly like reliving like nostalgia 
no, there's tons of new um new stuff to just go back and and see. Um I mean with Skyrim it's such a big open world and it's beautiful what they've done with it that you know, you can stumble across an area and just look around and be kind of overtaken by how beautiful it is. Um it's a game that like has that. stood up so well for it being 11 years old. Um it's going to be really hard to top. Ah, 10th anniversary. All right. Yeah. I haven't opened up my PS5 in a while, but I might for to see if there are <laughs> uh sales on this thing. I'm adding it to my wish list. You can yeah. me. Step so one. Tux, what are you playing? Um, I'm still playing uh Splatoon 3, uh pretty much exclusively. Uh Splatfest, the first official Splatfest of Splatoon 3, aside from the demo, which was like I don't know. Just a demo. The first official Splatfest is underway. It ends tonight of this recording. Uh, So when you hear this, you'll have already missed it. But we told you about it before, so no complaining. Um, And it's been super duper fun. There are three teams. Um, I haven't played since halftime. So the way these work now is uh, halfway through the Splatfest, they assess uh, which team is currently in the lead. And then a new game enters the rotation of Splatfest modes, uh, which is called the Tricolor Battle. And instead of two teams playing, uh, you know, head to head, trying to ink as much turf in uh, the Turf War version of uh, the Splatfest games, you've got three teams all trying to ink as much as they can. And one of the teams uh, is in the middle. The team that's in the lead at halftime gets sent to the middle where they have to sort of defend and hold that ground. Um, And then there are two players from the other two teams uh, coming at them from the sides. And uh, yeah, I, uh, like I said, I haven't played that mode yet. So I've kind of been itching once we're done recording, I'm, I'm going (laughs) to hop on and, uh, and play that and check it out. And there's something about mayonnaise, right? Didn't you tell me there's like, you're competing something about sauces. What's what's up with the sauces? <laughs> that was one of the Splatfest themes was ketchup versus mayonnaise okay. in Splatoon 2. And it was I loved it, but like the mayonnaise color is just so gross. It's like an <laughs> off-white, like yeah. almost yellow, but like um uh, yeah. It, this theme is what would you bring to a desert island? Uh food, uh fun or gear. Gear, grub, or fun. And so I chose team grub or team food, if you will. We are orange and we've been playing a lot against team gear, which is purple. And it's kind of fun because like you play in Splatfest, you play all the stages switch to like night mode. And so they all look a little different. They all look a little cooler. Um, And you're always playing on the same uh, side. So your color is the same Uh, orange for me in this case. And you're playing uh, you match with other people on your uh, overall team, and then you play against the people on the other teams, obviously. But if you get on like a win streak, then you start playing games that are worth 10 times or even 100 times uh, the points as far as, you know, computing who's going to win overall. Uh, so you enter like a 10x battle. And the stakes all of a sudden get really high. And your your team that's on like a three-game win streak is now playing against another team that's on a three or four-game win streak. And 
I was playing with a couple of my friends yesterday who I played Splatoon 2 with. Uh, we met playing Splatoon 2 and we were so stoked to play Splatoon 3 and we're playing the Splatfest together. And it was a lot of fun. Um, we lost at least, we lost one or two 10x battles, just barely. One of them we lost by one point, like 0.1 percentage points, one one hundredth of a percentage point. Um, it was close. It was close. Uh, it sounds like it. Yeah. Wow. And That's, the whole, that had to be disappointing yeah. too. How long are the rounds? Three minutes. Oh, okay. It, this game, any you can do anything in this game in three minutes. The round, the multiplayer rounds are each three minutes long. Some of the modes can go into an overtime, which is another thirty to sixty seconds or so. But it, otherwise, it's three minutes. Even the single player campaign missions. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to be even shorter than in Splatoon 2. Uh, takes you about three to five minutes. I mean, you could get stuck and spend seven minutes in the in it or give up or something. But overall, a reasonable time for most of those stages is like three or four minutes as well. Uh, and then there are... One of the cool things to add in Splatoon 3 is a card game. So like the other Splatoon games had mini games. Splatoon 2 had like a rhythm mini game. You'd go get listen to the music and, you know, press buttons in time to the rhythm. Uh, this one has like a full on card game where it kind of emulates the actual like turf war. Um, you play cards and they represent different shapes on a board that you are filling with your color and you put the shapes together and there's a few special rules. Uh, but it's like a, it's a card game and you can play against the computer Eventually, you'll be able to play against other uh, real-life players. Um, and that takes, you know, three or four minutes, depending on how long it takes you to decide your move to make. Uh, but, yeah, even that is super fun. It's super fun. It sounds like it. Well. Yeah. Uh, it's such a great game. There's so many good things. <laughs> I could talk <laughs> about it all day. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to do a Splatoon special. Special S- feature. Splat special, yeah. Yeah, splat special. Ta- oh, we could talk about that. Might be a good one uh, for one of these days when you're when you're out. Get a guest uh, spl- splatter on the podcast. There you go. I'm All curious right. to learn more about splat. Yeah. Well, you gotta. So I played against. Um, you know, you see the names of all the people you're playing with and against, and one of them was was named Glitch Seven. Oh, and. I was like, oh, did Glitch finally get Splatoon 3 and he's even <laughs> going to play with me? I am typically the OG Glitch. OG Glitch. Or I'm Glitches and Lag. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The real the, Glitch is the real and glitch. Lag. Yeah. <laughs> when you get back from your cruise, you're going to have to play with me. I'm just putting that out there. It's it's in the books. Okay. <laughs> It's high high on that priority list. Okay, great. Then I'm happy. Uh, I guess this week we're going to uh, talk a little bit about news um, and uh, catch up on some history that we missed, including some fun facts about a terrible game. So what do you say? Should we get going? (laughs) We should. (laughs) Let's do the news. Woo! All right, so a uh, couple of things. Uh, one big thing, but first, uh, couple one little interesting thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, you know, it's just here in the notes. We <laughs> talked last week about uh, GoldenEye 007 finally coming to the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass N64 emulator. Um, as well as, I think you noted, um, also coming out to uh, Rare Replay, the Xbox archive of uh, all the awesome Rare uh, games from back in the day. And uh, I saw on Nintendo Life an article about uh, the CEO of Rare Games uh, discussing you know, why it took so long <laughs> for this to happen. It's something that they've wanted to uh, give players for a long time. You know, when Rare was acquired by Microsoft, um, they eventually released some of the, their games, uh, you know, re-released them, ported them um, for the Microsoft uh, consoles, Xbox consoles. And um, they dubbed that Rare Replay. You could play Banjo-Kazooie and Diddy Kong Racing. I hope they made a Diddy Kong Racing. That would, <laughs> uh, maybe not Diddy Kong Racing, but you could play Perfect Dark um, and a number of other games uh, from Rare on the Xbox, but GoldenEye uh, was missing from it. Arguably their best and most successful game ever. Obviously our personal favorite here at MXPB. Um, and why? Because as you might imagine, um, a game, a Nintendo game based off of a movie franchise owned by a giant movie studio, MGM, uh, uh is uh is has uh, comes with some licensing issues so basically they've been discussing the licensing since at least 2015 when they wanted to include this in the rare replay so it's been a long time in the works is is the bottom line <laughs> i mean yeah it, just having one company that you're trying to negotiate with to get the rights for something to you know put it anywhere it's right. got to be difficult but then you're having to deal with like two or three companies. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Best yeah, of Yeah, and one of them being Nintendo. It's got to be pretty tricky. And then I think, you know, the rights to a really popular movie franchise, that's a whole whole thing. I hope, yeah. I, here's, I hope that Pierce Brosnan gets a cut of whatever sales result <laughs> in <laughs> GoldenEye 007 uh, being released in these forums. <laughs> Is it so he doesn't have to work again, or uh, so? We, <laughs> ouch! Oh. So we don't have to see his ugly mug. Uh, I actually like Pierce Brosnan, though. But I, uh, I love Pierce. I love him. Uh, oh, they should bring him uh, back as like Daddy Bond in like uh, one of the new movies coming up. So now they're looking for a new Bond. That'd be cool. Yeah, good old Daddy Bond. Daddy Bond. Yeah. Uh, but you know his image though on that cartridge on the box art is just it's inseparable from Goldeneye uh, so I feel like he deserves it mm-hmm. that's my Goldeneye fix what else happened in the news uh, I'll talk a little bit about the Volition Deep Silver CEO he responded to kind of the, the overall negative outpouring and terrible reception of Saints Row the quote-unquote reboot. Uh, It is not profitable as of yet. However, uh, during the investment call, he did say that he was hopeful for a return on the investment. Um, He said, he also went on to say that they have a very dedicated team um, over working on Saints Row, that they are committed to continuing bug fixes. He knows that they are numerous. 
And in the future, they will be providing additional content. Now, uh, he was asked by the invest by uh, some of the investors uh, during this call, "What does Saints Row look like going forward? What does that what does that brand look like? Will it continue?" And he says, uh, "You know that the the reception to this was so poor that um, you know we'll we'll have to see about a continuation of the Saints Row franchise." I'd be surprised if they don't. I mean, just because they made one bad game, do you think people people would like Saints Row? I mean, yeah, they make it good. I, mean, I don't see why people wouldn't play it. Right. I think I think that's the big thing. You know, put the uncertainty up there just in case, because you know, with those investor calls, your word is law, like actually, and you can be um, you can be held liable for whatever you say during an investor call. So, I think he was playing it safe. But I think the Saints Row franchise will continue. It's just um, they're going to have to do a lot to kind of bring life back into it. Same thing with this game. If they want to to push sales, um, they're going to have to do a lot more than what they're doing right now. Yeah, well, it sounds like they're dedicated to making bug fixes and even adding new content, right? Mm. That was something yep. that is kind of lacking in the game. Uh and so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And I feel like this, you know, games can obviously recover. Cyberpunk 2077 was a huge financial success, uh, despite having you know, a bunch of negative uh, feedback in the beginning, although that was probably a more substantial game, it sounds like, underneath it all. But, uh, yeah, I think it could go both ways, right? Because, like, they do this and then like, okay, we're just going to throw this thing on sale. And then it's gotten so much publicity. Like at this point, I'm curious to play it. If it went on sale for the right price, like maybe 20 or less, I might, I might just grab it and then see what all the fuss is about. And so, you know, there's that saying that no publicity is, is bad publicity. Right. Uh, I think uh, it's, it's partially true, right? Right. Yep. Um, and actually, it's uh, I got another news item. I actually didn't make it into the the chart here, but Ooh, a surprise, a surprise news piece. You talked about cyberpunk, so a cyberpunk TV show is now available to watch on Netflix. And um, around the same time as the Netflix show airing, uh, the teams over at Project C- CD Project Red released a massive update for uh not just current gen but all generations of uh cyberpunk and they released some new content for current gens of cyberpunk and uh as of this past week cyberpunk has seen a growth of just about 1 million players a day um so they they're chalking that up to the uh the Netflix hype of the TV show and it just being kind of prevalent back in the media and uh, I jumped back in, actually, I think we were talking about it last week uh, on our show. I jumped back in and started playing, not even because of the Netflix show, just because I kind of forgot about it in my library and I was looking for an RPG and it filled that void and I was having a blast. They did a lot, a lot of improvements um, and visually looks a lot better than it did when I played it. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's still a game that I really want to play, just... At this point, I decided that I'm not going to buy games until I'm ready to play them. Unless I really want them and they're on a really good sale. (laughs) 
which means I'll probably just buy them all anyways. But. Yeah, your library is just going to keep growing. It's going to keep growing. I just, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I have been good. I haven't bought some games that I really want. I mean, they haven't gone on sale yet either, but like Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I got to get that at some point. I'm definitely going to play it. If I decide I want to finish Xenoblade Chronicles 2, still a big if. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Games. Another, uh, so I think probably the biggest thing uh, from the last week or two, that we, I don't think we've talked about yet, was the an actual leak of real, not to be confused with uh, hype or fake leaks, of GTA 6 assets uh, code. We're talking code, like actual code, um, m- movies, uh, pictures, other video game assets, like full on hack of GTA 6 uh, development that apparently was real. Uh, discuss. <laughs> I would say this is really sad for the developers, you know, and I know Rockstar made an official statement and they talked about how they are committed to. Um, working on this this game it was really early footage i didn't look at it out of um out of respect for the developers i don't want to look at any of that until they are ready to show us what they want to show us from the game um so i think this is really disrespectful to to the developers and we owe a lot to especially the 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 rockstar developers who have produced a game that has surpassed even skyrim and its longevity. So, you know, it's, it's, it's bad. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's, well, it's definitely, I mean, you, you want to ju- value judge it. I think it's definitely bad that the, uh, you know, the way this information was obtained, uh, it's definitely like a hack, right? It seems like you were talking about um, an arrest was made in the UK, <laughs> A 17-year-old kid that apparently perpetrated this hack as part of some larger group. And, uh, you know, stealing data is online is akin, is is stealing, right? Lots of people think that it's different, like a victimless crime or whatever. But, like, uh, that part is definitely bad. I think um, it's interesting. So, like, I saw another article. uh, I just read it. And it proposed, uh, it, it claims that, you know, this hack has already led some developers to uh, show like much earlier footage of the games that they're working on. And in some cases, um, we've been pleasantly surprised by what we see from that early footage. And so I wonder if one of the side effects of this is, as these articles claim, that going forward, we'll get more, a little bit more transparency, a little bit more like early hype um, for some of these games, big or small. Because I think that's one of the frustrations around GTA 6. Like, if they had fed, you know, their audience, I'm not saying it's their fault, but, like, if they had fed their audience any more details, then, like, something like this would be less in demand, right? Less potentially profitable. Because I think this guy was also, I actually read through the forum posts. (laughs) uh, It was like, click here for the hacks. And I was like, well, sure, I'll click this sketchy link. And wound up on this forum and I was reading it and the author of the post was like, yeah, I contacted Rockstar to make a deal, right? This person wanted to make money off of this. Like, if there was information about GTA 6 freely available from the source, that would be less valuable. Right. And here's the thing, too. So 
we talked about unintended cons- or uh, side effects kind of of this. These other developer companies, um, you know, when they start showing off their early footage, they get feedback sooner too. And feedback is very, very important to developers for a game. Um, and, you know, I th- you're able to kind of filter what feedback is. You know, you, you could say, oh, this game looks terrible. Okay, well, it's it's pre-alpha footage that you guys are looking at. Um, so we're going to take that out because it's going to look better than it is right now. But what about the gameplay itself? And if you hear things like, uh, I don't like XYZ, whatever it is, this gives the developers vital feedback that they can use to, if they have to completely rework something at that early stage, that's really good. Now, if you look at Saints Row, they had that same amount of time. They released some early footage, um, and they got they got railed on their footage, and and they argumentatively uh, stated that uh, we well, basically said that the fans didn't know what they were talking about. Um, and now we can see that that maybe that wasn't the best approach. Well, I mean, you can't just like, I mean, feedback from random people on the internet. Like, you have to take that with a huge grain of salt, especially if they don't know where you're going with it. They're just seeing like the limited thing that they're seeing. So, like, yeah, feedback. I, I guess if they're you know are like egregious, like cosmetic or design decision issues, uh, then that could be something to like. Oh, maybe we'll reconsider this, but like, I wouldn't listen to like any random troll <laughs> right. that says this game is terrible. You should change the whole thing. Right, volition though. Um, it unfortunately it wasn't one person. It was the majority of the community that plays their games. Um, basically stating, you know, the gameplay doesn't look right. This doesn't look like a Saints Row. Like the the feedback wasn't just, um, hey this game looks like junk because it's early footage it was nitty-gritty feedback and it wasn't from one person this was from an entire community and um it honestly yeah, but, it kind I mean, of it, makes just, me happy. like i get what you're saying but like so, yeah. that just like one person says something then another person says it's like an echo right. chamber right so and it's the, like is that really a representative set of people's opinions or and also people take game developers take risks with games and and, you know, just because it's different, a lot of people will dislike it and say this is different, but it doesn't necessarily mean bad. Right. And I don't think you, I don't know how you can make that judgment from watching like a trailer. Uh, well, it was I, also gameplay footage as well. And the thing of it is, is, you know, it was it was meant to be constructive feedback. And then the developed whoever was running their social media site basically stated that you guys don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's wrong. never been a, yeah there's never been a remake like to this extent before what are you guys even talking about i i played saints row 3 and it had more features and better features than the current saints row so what did you remaster uh th- and that's the problem with a lot of people right now that have yeah. been in the saints row community for so long that and then they were being smacked in the face by the social media by by their social media, and we were trying to provide I mean, constructive. If feedback. they had come, uh, if they had said that, and then Saints Row, the reboot was was aw- the most awesome thing ever. <laughs> yeah, like, but in that case, it seems like they had the blinders on, and they were just like, 
Yeah. Yeah, we don't care. Because they should know. They know what's coming, what's not. And they'd be like, oh, you don't know what's coming. But if there's nothing beyond what you showed, then like that, yeah, that feedback is still valid. And, and that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to say is that the community's feedback is vital for the success of your game. And yes, there are Internet trolls. But the great thing is, is game companies that are successful, um, like Epic with Fortnite, Fortnite listens to the community like no other game I have ever played. If, you know, the community is like, hey, you know, we're missing some mechanics that other games are featuring. Um We'd really appreciate to have this. And, you know, people will start jumping on that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you're right. You know, yeah, you're right. And when it gains enough traction, Fortnite picks up on that. You know, the slide mechanic that has been introduced in Borderlands. uh, I think it's in Call of Duty. Uh, It's in a lot of first-person games. Uh, Fortnite listened. You know, they caught on to that this was a popular mechanic. The community asked for it. And they delivered on that because they listened. And I think that's an important thing. And what I was trying to say is by l- releasing this early footage, like I said, not so much on the, this looks like crap. We're going to filter all that out. But if you, if you see a, a critical gameplay issue, that's going to break this game at release, like what we saw with um, uh, Saints Row, then I think it's really important that the, they listen to the community and make the fixes they need to make or saints row happens <laughs> yeah i mean it's complicated but this sounds like they can definitely listen more i'm all for that so shall we uh do some history any more news or are we done with that i think we're done with that you want to go back in time let's go back in time boom all right, so we haven't done history in like a month or oh. maybe even a little bit longer. Uh, so there are a ton of cool things in the history. And I have one game that I think have some fun facts. Fun facts for a terrible game like we teased. Where should we start? Should we do the fun facts or do you want to rattle through some of those other games first? I, I really want to spend some time talking about this uh this game all right let's get so, ready to have fun so uh so yeah. talks yes what year is it uh 1988 on september 26th for the nintendo entertainment system zelda 2 the adventure of link uh this game is widely regarded as one of the worst zelda games Save for maybe a couple others that we'll talk about in just a minute uh, that were not necessarily Nintendo's own doing. Um, It took... So the original Zelda for the Nintendo Entertainment System, we all know and would recognize that sort of, at the time, innovative top-down view of uh, your character and the world around you and the gameplay and the RPG elements and the puzzle-solving and the action elements. Just that perfect really that perfect um, game uh, on the Nintendo Entertainment System. And so the sequel to this, um, Nintendo went a different direction uh, as far as gameplay uh, and, uh, you know, even the style of game. They took it more towards a 2D platforming style or side-scrolling, not platforming, 2D side-scrolling style. So more akin to like 
you know, other games that were on the NES. And they also kind of, yeah, it's a little more action-y. You had levels, actually. You could accumulate levels and level up, so that's cool. And you had some abilities, but the gameplay was just totally different from the original Zelda, and uh, the story was a little bit weird. Um, In particular, it seems like they made this game difficult by just not telling you what to do. (laughs) I think... They had, uh, you know, at the time, um, some publications like Nintendo Power and the precursor to Nintendo Power um, that, you know, would kind of publish articles about the games and give you like tips and tricks. And I think they were kind of trying to have some synergy with those publications. um, And the net effect was that the game vaguely or not at all told you what you were supposed to do and so it could be frustratingly difficult uh, because there's no real uh guidance of of what you're supposed to do next uh so i think for those reasons kind of regarded as uh one of the worst zelda games but nonetheless i stumbled across this article um that had some really fun facts uh uh i'm ready to share them with you if if you want to hear them I do. I do want to hear them. Okay. Fun fact number one. In this game, there is a character called Error. And that's not really... I mean, people who have played this game understand this already. It's kind of a meme. You meet this character and you're like, who are you? And the character says, I am Error. And I guess uh, you could read that and think like, oh, that is an actual error or bug or something. But it was actually an intended uh, intended person's name. That Their name is actually Error. And there is another character whose name is Bug, or the Japanese word for Bug, which I'm not going to try to pronounce, but <laughs> it's there. Uh, so I thought that was cool. The developers slipped in these little references to probably the late nights they spent debugging errors and bugs uh, in their code by giving them, uh, giving characters names to those those nice little features of software development. I like it. I like it. Fun fact number one. Fun fact number two. Uh, Ganon's laugh. So when you when you lose, here's is a double fun fact. When you get a game over, which apparently is frequently because the game is very hard, uh, <laughs> you get a red screen if you're playing on a recent ported version if you're playing on the original nes version you get a seizure inducing flashing uh screen (laughs) um but you also get sort of ganon's uh silhouette and a laugh his laugh you know kind of plays in the background like haha you're dead uh i don't know i don't know it doesn't sound like that but apparently that laugh the sound for that laugh is reused um it's the sound of Soda Popinski's laugh from the original Punch Out on NES. Uh, and they kind of like, you know, took that audio asset and uh, manipulated it a little bit and reused it for uh, this sound bite um, at the end of the game, which I thought was kind of, I, I, I thought it was really cool. I like seeing those connections and, uh, you know, the reality of reusing assets from game to game. Yeah. That's really that's really cool that they uh, that they tied those two together like that. Yeah, and uh, this article also points out another instance of reusing audio, which I think is perhaps more relatable and interesting. Uh, 
booze laugh. So let's be let's be real. We've all played Super Mario sixty four, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Glitch. Right. Right. I've played it. <laughs> I have played it. <laughs> okay. I, as I said that, I remembered. Uh, you said you didn't play the three D Mario games. <laughs> I played. I've played it, but I didn't own it. So I have okay. played it. Yes. Okay, so then then perhaps maybe you did not encounter um, the uh, haunted like the the haunted level uh, with all the booze and stuff, or the booze in the courtyards perhaps in the courtyard perhaps that happens at some point. Uh, but that laugh, that cackle, that <laughs> that little whatever screechy cackle is actually the same uh, soundbite as Bowser's laugh, <laughs> but just sped up a bunch really? of times really yeah. yeah okay that's quite impressive that's fun yeah that's fun see now we're having fun yeah uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> um I, I just think it's cool right something you didn't know about super mario 64 as well okay more fun facts this one i think is really cool uh so you've played the legend of zelda ocarina of time Am I right? Oh, yeah. Many times. Perhaps uh, arguably one of the best Legend of Zelda games of all time. And although obviously this game uh, was released before Ocarina of Time, I think there are some maybe more academic uh, uh, like exercises that try to place all of the Zelda games into a cohesive timeline. And so... In that timeline, Ocarina of Time would have come before uh, this game, but this game is also kind of in its own universe. Uh, And of course, in real time, it came out first. But nonetheless, the names of the cities uh, or the towns in this game were reused for the names of the sages in Ocarina of Time. So Raru, Ruto, Soria, Naburu, and Darunia sages in ocarina of time you know kind of element related usually related to an element um guardians of these different powers that you're sort of collecting across uh the story of ocarina of time and correspondingly uh they usually have a temple of which you know a dungeon that you have to uh complete and get all those sages get all those medallions and all that stuff that's Ocarina of Time. And those names uh, come from the names of the towns in Zelda 2. Oh. So what, uh, were, what were some of the names? I'm familiar with some yeah. of them. Right. Ruto. Uh, she's the uh, water princess. Uh, the Zora. Uh, Saria, of course, is your elven friend. <laughs> They're not elves. What are they? Kakir, Kakiriko, Kakiri, Kakiriko, and Kakara. <laughs> K- yeah, the Kakarahana. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Elf girl, uh, you're one of your first, one of the first characters you're introduced to in the game, of course. Uh, Darunia, ever, I mean, the Goron, the Goron king, uh, elder. Uh, he dances, he's jolly, you save. Uh, they live on Death Mountain. You save them. All that good stuff. And apparently, um, there's one more town in Zelda 2 called uh, Mido, or Mido, uh, who ends up being more of a secondary character in Ocarina of Time. I don't remember which character it is off the top of my head, 
But uh, speculation abound that says that maybe, you know, if you follow the trend, all those towns are, you know, relate to those sages and most of those sages relate to their own dungeon. All of those sages relate to their own dungeon. Um, And so Mito should have been a sage and a dungeon in Ocarina of Time, according if you were to follow that pattern of speculation and extrapolate. Uh, so some people think that that they might have been part of an earth or wind temple that was scrapped uh, for Ocarina of Time. Just wow. speculation, but fun to think about an extra temple that could have been. The temple that could have been. The temple that could have been. <laughs> and in this game, apparently, uh, at some point you get the ability to turn into a fairy, which is... Uh, that's interesting. I mean, there have always been fairies in Zelda games. Usually they uh, you don't turn into them, but they're like around you and they heal you and stuff. Uh, and apparently um, once you get this ability to turn into a fairy, um, you can just do that and go through any locked door that you want. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we still talking about Zelda 2 here? Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's that's it's, pretty impressive. Interesting. I know, right? Like a total cheat, which like Zelda games is sort of, you know, that's what you do. You go around and collect keys, solve puzzles and get keys as reward and then unlock the next room. And it's like, nope, fairy, just fly through. <laughs> little little um, broken. Little broken, I guess, uh, resulted in like an 18 something minute, 18 minute and change speed run of wow. Zelda 2. Wow. So, yeah, that that's it. Um, this I thought was super interesting. So we've talked a little bit about this device in the past. So this is kind of a bad Zelda game, but there were other worse Zelda games uh, released for the Philips CDI console, which is interesting because... Super Nintendo, obviously, uh, was a great system. Wait, Tox. Sorry, you blew blew my brain there for just a second. Did you say that there were Zelda games? Zelda as in Nintendo games made for the Philips CDI, which is not a Nintendo system. Right. So here's how it goes. Super (laughs) Nintendo, uh, awesome, you know, beloved Nintendo product. Best games ever released for it. Retro mm-hmm. games, all that stuff. So good. Nintendo was like, hey, we want to make a CD drive add-on to this thing because uh, why not? CDs hold more information. You can have all kinds of cool cutscenes and graphics, whatever. We all, all of us of a certain age, or even now, if you still buy physical games, know what it's like to play a game off of a disc and load up movies and have all that great content. So they wanted an attachment for the Super Nintendo that would uh, enable you to plug in a CD and uh, get all that extra content. So they partnered with Sony uh, to make this attachment, um, but that fizzled out and they abandoned Sony, I guess, a little bit of bad blood there. And then eventually Sony obviously goes on to make the PlayStation, which, you know, how different would the world be if instead of having PlayStation, we had like a Nintendo line of uh, CD, DVD, Blu-ray based uh, consoles. <laughs> um, but Sony branched off, did their own thing. And this project eventually um, 
fell to Philips as a standalone uh, console. So it was kind of like, we're going to do it with Sony, Nintendo says, and then they back out of Sony. They say, we're going to do it with Philips. And then they're like, eh, never mind. It's not going to be an attachment for the Super Nintendo. It's just going to be its own thing. Philips, you go ahead and do it. And so there is this kind of loose connection with Nintendo or deal that uh, resulted kind of degraded into this console. And so Nintendo uh, licensed some of their characters for Philips to use in their own games. Uh, And that is where these next set of terrible games come from. (laughs) What a a smack, though, to Sony, right? Like, you could have helped us. You could have had our characters... To, to use temporarily whatever that deal looked like with Phillips. Yeah. But- and there, there were all these like, <laughs> there are all these like rumors and, and like little Easter egg things that people like speculate on. So it's like, okay, Sony and Nintendo had this deal. It got broken off. Um, and so people draw connections now between that era and Nintendo and Sony in super Mario world, uh, you know, flagship game for super Nintendo. Uh, do you recall what shape, that the Magic Koopas, I mean, this is kind of obscure, but, you know, the enemies, the Magic Koopas with the wands, they shoot a little, like, energy beam at you. You kind of have to dodge it. They teleport around. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I know exactly which one you're talking about. It's got, like, the they, blue hat. They, yeah, they got a blue hat, and they got a wand. They look like little wizards, Koopa mm-hmm. wizards. Yeah. And they shoot something at you, and it rotates. And that thing looks, to some people, strangely like... The button layout on a PlayStation controller. Oh. Square, triangle, circle, X. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I remember reading some speculation. It was like, oh, is that a dig from PlayStation? Because, like, we're supposed to be part of Nintendo, but we're not. And so we're going to make our controller buttons uh, (laughs) shapes, like the Magic Koopa's shapes, just to show you. Apparently, they they say there's a different justification for the buttons, but it's still fun to think about. Yeah. Uh, Digging that. So, yeah, Google that stuff and see the resemblance. But anyways, <laughs> the games they Phillips end up made, making uh, with their own developers who <laughs> this article claims were, or the, the Wikipedia article rather, claims that they were uh, in, simultaneously inexperienced but also really old, <laughs> like retired game developers. Um, Link, the faces of evil. Zelda, the wand of Gamelon. And Zelda's Adventure were three games made for the Philips CDI by these old, inexperienced development team. And also, they made a game, <laughs> a Mario game too, called Mario Hotel. Or sorry, Hotel Mario. What? Uh, <laughs> yes. And Hotel Mario, I went down. This is a rabbit hole that I had a lot of fun going down. Uh, Hotel Mario um, had a bunch of cutscenes, and all the cutscenes are on YouTube. And I watched them, and they are hilarious and stereotypical and offensive and really cheesy and really bad. Um, I highly recommend that everyone go watch the Hotel Mario cutscenes. <laughs> On YouTube, it was a puzzle game. Uh, Bowser kidnaps the princess, but instead of taking her to his eight castles, Bowser is apparently a hotel magnate and uh, entraps her in eight different hotels. So instead of going from castle to castle, like, oh, 
princess is in another castle. You're going to different hotels uh, <laughs> and you the gameplay is just like a you go to a hotel, solve a puzzle and then get a cutscene that looks like they're really cheesy, like 90s animated Mario, uh, you know, where Mario and Luigi are like overweight and out of shape and <laughs> really dumb. Um, yeah. It's just so it's just a wonderful thing to experience. <laughs> it sounds like and it. so long story short, I think uh, Nintendo learned their lesson and uh, in, in virtually never loaning their IPs out to anyone else ever again. Although I will say that they do make use of third party developers for some of their games. See Metroid Prime, awesome game and and whatever. Uh, they probably just maintain a lot more control over it. Well, and imagine. Mario plus Rabbids too, Ubisoft. So yeah, I would say Ubisoft is probably the closest thing to what they did with um, with Phillips. But Ubisoft yeah. is doing doing a good job. So they're doing a good job, and I'm sure Nintendo is very much involved. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So they probably have one of their own developers on that team somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And the final fun thing that I thought just ties this game, makes it so relevant for 2022, <laughs> is that the, the release of this game was delayed by eight months. It was supposed to come out in February. came out in late September, October. Back then, that uh, was huge. That's an enormous amount of time back then. For yeah, time was slower. Well, for a game release. <laughs> for a game release. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a big delay. It's a big delay. Yeah. Um and the reason why was because in 1988, there was a chip shortage, a computer oh. chip shortage, just like in 2022, where I can't get a chip for the trunk release mechanism of my new car. Uh, oh. In 1988, you can get a chip for your Zelda 2 game. Oh. Rip. I know. Rip Zelda. <laughs> chip, shor- chip shortages are the worst. Right? Yeah. Um, and then a bunch of other stuff happened <laughs> in history. Pick, okay, Glitch, is there a game or two, real quick, that stands <laughs> out to you in the others of the history? I was looking at that. Uh, I would say that 1996 was a game that, oh, you know what? That was Japan. I didn't see that. Uh, oh, yeah. I put it on there because it's so good anyways. Yeah. I think we could talk about it. I All don't right. think we've talked about it yet. Wave Race 64, that's another game favorite. I loved that game. I'm sure you played I it, right? Loved that game so much. I <laughs> yeah. played it. I played every mode, every character, every level, yep. and every difficulty. Oh man, I loved going off the ramps and doing flips, mm-hmm. and then diving and going underneath obstacles and getting to like a shortcut. Oh yeah. Uh, there, there are areas of the map you can't reach with certain racers because they're not fast enough or and the tides will change on each lap on some of the levels and so new areas of the course open up from round to round uh yeah and this game was recently announced uh to be coming to the nintendo switch online expansion pass on the n64 emulator so this game is now getting online multiplayer oh, that's <laughs> via funny. yeah nintendo switch great. online that's exciting actually yeah and did you also play this game on dreamcast i played this game on dreamcast and in uh the what was it called like disney something it was an arcade disney arcade in chicago downtown chicago 
which I lived in the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, shoot, what was that called? I don't know. It's it like a Disney theme park, but in the middle of Chicago. And it was basically a giant arcade. And one of the machines they had in there was a Hydro Thunder game from Sega, uh, which is basically like a wave race, but uh, an updated kind of version of that. Uh, and it was also available on the Dreamcast. And it came out this month in history in 1999 on September 8th. Huh. I did not huh. play that. G- huh. Well, <laughs> now, I did not play that title, but it sounds interesting. It was cool. And my particular memory of it is playing it at the arcade at the at the Disney arcade in downtown Chicago, Chicago. Huh. Yeah. Um, well, never, never played it, but I'm guessing it was on the Dreamcast, right? Too, so. Yeah, it was an arcade game. Sega. Sega does a lot of arcade games, so not surprising that it's also on their Dreamcast, which, man, was a great console. It really uh, was. Despite, yeah, what a great console. Oh. We'll have Wait, to do a Dreamcast have, show. Have we at some done point. a special? Yeah, have we done a special <laughs> on on Dreamcast? We've done a few things on Dreamcast, yeah, but uh, oh. no, I don't think do we've remember, collected it all under the guise of one toy, one episode. Do you remember Toy Commander? Oh no! Oh, we're gonna have to. Okay, yeah, we'll write have, this down right. for yeah right. <laughs> future episode idea. Dreamcast stuff. Uh, um, can we talk a little bit about 1998? That was yeah, the last, sure. the very last um, sports game I ever played, NFL Blitz, because you could <laughs> catch your balls on fire. It was really cool. Uh, yeah. You're your like, yeah, your football you was I'm like sure, Ignite. I'm, sh- I'm sure you played it for the gameplay and not for uh, that picture of the cheerleader between each quarter. <laughs> We're... I don't think on the copy that I got, I would have been allowed to have that. So I, there was just a dude <laughs> with a flaming ball on the cover of mine. Okay. No, it's like in the game between each quarter or each half. I think it may have only been halves oh, that you okay. played. Uh, it's just like halftime. It's like cheerleader. And uh, that was, yeah, that was my favorite part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I My favorite got... part of this game was actually like just smashing the buttons, as we've discussed before, when as soon as the snap happens and having your whole team just sort of simultaneously dive tackle in the yeah. same direction. You could also like fight like you could just <laughs> beat the crap out of the other team and it was glorious. Yeah. And like after the play was over and it was down, you still had control of your players. Yeah. And so it was a weird camera angle. But if you were clever enough, you could like just continue to like power bomb the quarterback that you just sacked over yep. and over again. Yep. Yeah. Like what I like too is uh you could kind of go in and and adjust like and this was in like the normal game mode. This wasn't in like a custom game. You could go into like the arcade mode and just disable some of the rules like out of bounds. Oh, I don't need that. Who cares? And you could run Definitely don't need that. You could run down the sideline w- with like, you know, your football and Good time. You totally don't need out of bounds in a game like that because it's like the difference between being inbounds and out of bounds is like four pixels. Like, what <laughs> does it matter? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why, yeah, why do you even have out of bounds? Uh, oh, solid title though. It, yeah, it reminded me yeah, of NBA cool. Jam. It's one of those. It's one of those Arcane. titles that yeah, they're they're not around anymore. We've talked a little bit about that. Rip arcade sport games, but gotta play. Uh, 
Mario's soccer. Mario doesn't have a football one, though. That one might be cool. Maybe it's coming. <laughs> Maybe. I could see it. <gasps> Sorry. Did we level up? It just came out of nowhere. Sometimes it just sneaks up on you like that. Yeah, I think I leveled up. <laughs> yeah, the NFL Blitz is what, what tipped us over uh, and, and leveled us up uh, this week. Just well, what I needed. Just what I needed to. Uh, <laughs> that about wraps it up for another edition of the Morning XP Boost. We've been your hosts, Toxin Glitch. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, find us on Instagram if you want. And, uh, you know, tell a friend about our show. It would be great to see our download number go up, our weekly download number. I would like to see it double. Let's make that happen. What do you think, Glitch? Dare I say triple? Yeah, triple. There you have it. Uh, we're going to make this happen, and you can help us by telling a friend and uh, stealing their phone and they're logging into their podcast app and subscribing for them or whatever tell a foe too you know tell a friend tell a foe tell Tell william defoe uh well i think you used up your final words for the week what do you think oh yeah tell a friend tell a foe tell william defoe